Well, praise the Lord. We're so glad you're here with us today. And our topic today is wisdom from above. Oh, boy. Wow. Can we use that in today's, (laughs) the day that we live in, right? Yeah. Maybe for the next few years. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about the spirit of wisdom, but we're going to, it's such a vast topic, um, this thing called wisdom and the spirit of wisdom. And you know, a lot of people may have not heard of the seven spirits. So we're gonna we're gonna start with wisdom today. But we we got a lot of groundwork, a lot of foundation to build here because this is just such a vast and and huge topic, and it it definitely deserves time to kind of unpack it a little bit here before we get started into wisdom. But um, the interesting thing, my name's Rich, he's Jim. The interesting thing is, um, you know, like the topic says, wisdom from above. That That's where truly where wisdom comes from. Sure. And, um, you know, there may be some of you right now that are in a situation where you, you really need to hear from the Lord. You, you really need his wisdom. And um, we're going to talk about, like I said, the seven spirits of the Lord, um, Isaiah first spoke about him in in uh, in his in the scriptures in Isaiah chapter eleven. But it's uh, it's a very very interesting topic, and I feel Jim, it's an important topic for the times that we're living in. Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a poem right here that I. I'd like to read right from the get-go. Good place to start. Yeah, uh, especially talking about the new year. And probably read this in times past, but since we're specifically highlighting wisdom, uh, this particular poem does highlight wisdom. And it, it goes like this. Wisdom is the thing that you want to get, for in it there is no regret. Wisdom is the thing that you want to have, for it will distinguish between the good and the bad. Wisdom is what you want to know. For it will keep you from the seasons of the frost and the snow. Wisdom is the thing that you must see, for it will bring you forth into the image and likeness of me. For wisdom is calling you forth in this new day to lift you up higher to see the more perfect way. So stay the course, my precious one, that you can awaken the Almighty One. Quite a poem. Quite a poem. Quite a message. Yeah, we want to stay away from the seasons of the frost and the snow. Yeah. We know what that means. <laughs> well, we've all experienced it, had, yeah. haven't Amen. we? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the whenever you talk about wisdom, I mean, the first thing that pops up in my mind is um, is James one five, and that is, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. I, I don't know how much clearer it can be. Well, one of the translations, which I love very much, says, and, and he will not do any fault finding. In other words, if you ask for wisdom, he's, gonna say, he's not going to say, well, I give What's it to you, Rich. You? But yeah, <laughs> but, but you, I know what you did yesterday. No, he says, I'm not going to find fault. I'm not going to be looking for fault. I'm not going to judge you. If you ask for wisdom, all you have to do is ask. Ask, seek, and knock. How many times have we said this on this broadcast? All we have to do if we lack wisdom in any given situation is to ask, seek, 
and knock on wisdom's door. And it will be opened up to us. It's, it's, I mean, it's a promise. It's one of God's many, many promises to us. But, Jim, it just sounds too easy. Someone's probably saying that out there. I know I've said it. It just sounds too easy. You know, it is that, is it that easy? I mean, really, to just ask? Well, today we're going to talk, uh, we're going to take wisdom to another level and discuss with you um, one, it's one of the seven spirits of the Lord. You know, we're, we're all aware that God is omnipresent. For sure. You know, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. But it's very clear in the book of Revelation that the seven spirits of the Lord are before the throne. Mm-hmm. doesn't say it's in the throne or on the throne. It says it's before the throne. So that's some of the things we're going to discuss about uh, the seven spirits of God and, and what they're designed to do. And the seven spirits are basically the attributes, uh, the it's it's a further description of who the Holy Spirit is, and they're designed specifically for us because we need those seven spirits of the Lord um, for developing our maturity in Him and to live our best life here on earth. Yeah, and you know, Rich, I think that's the reason why God says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask and I'll upbraid it not. In other words, I will liberally give I will liberally give the spirit of wisdom to anybody that asks because God's whole plan of salvation is to continue to bring us up higher into his very image. And without him supplying the wisdom, we're not going to be able to climb up into a higher realm, into the heavenly. So that's the reason why God freely, by his grace, will give wisdom to anybody that asks. Even if I may say, even if you're a serial killer and you ask for God's wisdom, he will give it to you in the hopes of redeeming you out of the pits of hell. Very true. And that's hard. That's difficult for this natural mind, carnal mind to, I mean, you know, you hear people that have lost loved ones through violence or whatever. And man, that, that has to be some... That has to be some tough stuff to deal with. But even that person that committed those horrible crimes, um, it, God can redeem that person, and he and he does. So um, let's let's kind of go back a little bit to um, the seven spirits of the Lord in Isaiah eleven two. It says, "And the spirit." of the Lord shall rest upon him. Who's him? You. The sp- that's why I said that these seven spirits are for you. And it says the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. I have to stop right there because the the understanding uh, and all that is well and good, but it all begins, Jim, with the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I, I truly believe that. I believe you can't 
enter into these other wonderful areas without the, the fear of the Lord. And it says, um, you know, definition of fear of the Lord is an awe or a reverence for God, uh, to have reverential regard for. And, um, you know, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, I would think it's also the beginning of knowledge, which it says, and all the other spirits of God, that it has to begin somewhere in our walk. And it has to begin begin with the fear of the Lord. And it's not a fear like, oh, he's going to smack me down if I do something wrong. That's not the kind of fear. I've always said I don't like the English definition of fear uh, as it relates to the Lord. It's a reverential fear. It's a respect. It's an honor. It's, it's, you know, everything that, um, and all. He's a big God, folks, and, and he's a big God that resides in you. And so I, I just think that the fear of the Lord is being, is, is through the years, I don't know. I, I feel like, like the church has lost some of that, Jim. I, am, I, am I off base in your estimation, or do you believe that uh, the church really, truly still has a reverential fear of the Lord? Well, I think that religion— has been kind of perverted in that area because I think that religion uh, comes largely from the mind of man, mm-hmm. uh, but wisdom comes from the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. comes from the mind of God. And uh, I think over the years that man has made up um, a lot of different doctrines uh, that we could sit and talk about and probably get thrown off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've been here for eighteen <laughs> yeah. plus years, so I, I don't yeah. think so. But yeah, we are entering into a new day, though, where I think God really wants His truth to come forth, really come forth in a great in a great way. But well, judgment yeah. first comes to the house of the Lord, right? Yeah, and it's and, good, and it's it's a good judgment. Absolutely. It's it's not like well, I'm going to whatever, you know. No, it's like wake up, you know. I I have all the answers here. Man doesn't. And, you know, just wake up. And, and you know, that that's the kind of judgment. He's a right, he judges righteously. Well, he's going to judge us the same way you judge your son. Right. The same way I judge my son. If my son starts running across a busy highway when he's eight years old, I'm going to snap him up by the arm and say, hey, boy, you know. Yeah. But it is for his benefit. It's all for his benefit. No, you know, Isaiah said that when the judgments of God are in the earth, and he's talking about our earth, not the terra firma, but when they're in the earth, he said, then the people will learn righteousness. They'll learn how to be in a right place, a right standing with you, to where we can be trusted by God, by by his authority. He can impart his power to us, that we can go forth and help his creation. So, yeah, judging is just clean up the house. You know, judgment begins at the house of God, because the house has got to be clean. And when it's clean... Uh, then you're ready to go on to higher dimensions in the heavens. You know, like Paul said, I've been to the third heaven. Uh, you don't hear too much of this in, in your local churches, but there are several heavens that maybe in the days ahead, Rich and I may share some things with you about that. Um, but um, 
No, God's, God's really doing a, a phenomenal work in, in this hour, a phenomenal work. If you're in Christ, you got all that treasure in you. Just open the treasure chest. Amen. You know, I was just going to quote Isaiah 11, 2, but I, I, it, Isaiah 11, 3, 4, and 4 are just packed full of good stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and read Isaiah 11, 3. It says, uh, and and shall make, we're talking about the seven spirits <clears throat> and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. And this is the powerful part. It's all powerful, but this is so good. In Isaiah 4, it says, But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with a rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips. He shall slay the wicked. Now, I got to say this. The wicked isn't people. It's inside of people. He's going to slay the wickedness inside of mankind. God for love, he for, for God so loved the, the the world that he gave the cosmos he he gave his only begotten son he he loves the people but he hates the wickedness is that an accurate yeah absolutely depiction? yeah absolutely rich it says our god is a consuming fire and um what they mean by what what the scriptures mean by that if you hear it by the spirit again if you hear it by the spirit uh, God is out to burn out anything that separates you from becoming yes. one with him. Amen. This, this journey is all about becoming one again with our Heavenly Father. Jesus prayed that in John chapter 17. Father, I pray that they become one as you and I are one. Oh, my goodness. He wants us to become one as Jesus is in oneness with the Father. And, um, you know, we saw God's judgments uh, when he walked the earth on the prostitute that they were going to stone. He didn't pick up some stone and join in with the crowd. No. Which is what the law would have told him yes, to do. exactly. And, and there's still a lot of law. I hate to say it, but there's, there's a lot of law left in religion today. Sure uh, a lot of our people aren't walking in the peace, love, and joy that they should be walking in. And if you're not walking in peace and joy, then we suggest that you take some time alone aside with God and uh, receive by the Spirit instead of listening too much to different individuals out there. Yeah, my prayer is for people to discern between man's law and God's law because God's law is simple. Love the Lord with all your might, your strength, all your everything that you have. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. They ask him, who's your neighbor? Well, who isn't your neighbor? He even goes on to say, love your enemies. That's the only law of God that you have to abide by. Jesus said it. All, everything is contained in those two laws. And so man wants to complicate it. Man wants to say, you know, you have to do this or you can't do this. Um, and, and it's all a bunch of do's and don'ts. And it, it really gets to a point where it confuses people into thinking we have a double-minded God. And that's the reason why a lot of youth have left the church sure. too rich. 
because they've got confusion. They, yeah, they, they can see discern. the confusion. Yeah, they do. They do. Okay, let's let's go back to these seven spirits before the throne. I'm going to just some of this stuff you you really need to listen to again because we're going to give out a lot of information in in this hour and. Um, and the podcast can be obtained anywhere out there, and the title is Wisdom from Above, and you can pick up on some of this stuff that uh, maybe we're kind of going through it quickly, but um, we feel we need to. Um, all these scriptures are in re- the book of Revelation, um, set where it discusses seven spirits before his throne. That's Revelation 1-4. And I'm not going to give you all the different uh, chapter and verse because we just don't have time. But the, the number seven is a very, very significant number in the Bible. And um, just just listen to this, all the sevens. Seven spirits before his throne, seven lamps, seven spirits of God is in Revelation 4, 5. Seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. Thank God. <laughs> we need them. That's uh, Revelation 5, 6. Seven eyes of the Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Jesus. Seven angels who stand before God and blow the trump. seven trumpets. Seven angels of the seven churches who receive the seven letters from Christ seven spirits before the throne who sent the seven letters to the seven churches. Jim, I would say seven is a very, very important number. This number symbolizes completion or perfection. You know, three and seven are the two most important numbers in the Bible. You know, with three, you have the Trinity. You have Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, So whenever you're reading in the Bible, always take special attention when these numbers are mentioned. And don't forget, the good news is God rested on the seventh day. And I believe we have entered as a body into that seventh day, spiritually speaking, Jim. Mm -hmm. Rest does not mean doing nothing at all, just sitting around and just going to church and whatever. Uh, it means relying and trusting in the fact that God is in control and we can rest in that fact. He's got it. He's got this, folks. I'm serious. He's got it. Whatever your situation is, God is in control. He's, he's got it. And he cares about you. And you are to cast those cares upon him. And, um, you know... It, at the moment, it may seem insurmountable, those things that, that's coming against you. But guess what? Many, many, many things I look back and I, that I was so worked up about, and I look back and I go, boy, it's beautiful how God worked through all this. And I look back and go, what was I upset about or what was I angry about or what was I stressed and worried about? God's got this, folks. Maybe you can't remember those instances because God doesn't remember them anymore either. That's true. <laughs> and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't really want us to remember the, nope. the bad. Uh, Paul says, forgetting those things which lay behind. But what Rich is talking about, at least what I'm receiving from him, is we can, we can glean a lot of the wisdom and a lot of the goodness and the love of God that was with us, with us through all those situations. 
Um, so there's nothing wrong with, with looking back on uh, a lot of those situations that we got ourselves involved in, and I say we got mm-hmm. ourselves involved in, and that's that's a problem I think out there today too. Is we we have a tendency to blame God for everything that happens in our life. Not, not you know the good stuff. Yeah, we have no problem with that. But when some bad stuff comes our way, you know you start questioning God and and distrusting God. And the Lord wants us to understand that you know in Psalms He said the heavens belong to me, but I have given earth. To man, I've given you earth, all, and I want you to rule and reign. I haven't taken dominion away from you. I gave it to Adam. I'm not an Indian giver. I gave it to you. You still have it. You just have to come up here into the heavens in order to, to take on this authority and this dominion. But so many of us today have lost our intimate relationship with God for religion. We figure if we go to church one hour on Sunday, we've, we've fulfilled all righteousness, you know? Uh, but that's not the case. There, there's a lot of things that God desires to do through you that would really be a great blessing to you if you would just get quiet before the Lord and seek his face. Amen. Well, let's talk about the spirit of wisdom, and that is multiple times in, in the Bible. It goes. Uh, I like it because it's, it's in the Old Testament and New Testament. So it's everywhere throughout the Bible. In fact, multiple times in the book of Exodus, going back to Exodus even, uh, it says that God put wisdom and understanding into them. So what do you have to do to get wisdom? We said earlier, you ask. And God will put it in. It says in Exodus 31.3, it says, And I, God have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. What does godly wisdom look like? It's an intuitive knowing, spiritual intuition, the voice of God within as the source of our understanding, mental action-based on the Christ truth within, the mind of Christ. Isn't that what they're saying there? The beginning of wisdom we said earlier is the fear of the Lord. So we talked about that. The knowing capacity transcends the intellectual knowledge. So get out of the your mind and get into the mind of Christ, and along with that comes wisdom. Yeah, how do I how do I do that? How do I get it? <laughs> Ask. Yeah. Well, you know, again, Rich, and, and frankly, this just came to me this morning while we were speaking here on the radio. Um, the Lord said, uh, "Let them understand the reason why I will give wisdom very, very freely is because my whole design and plan for my creation." is to bring them up into the heavenly realms where we used to dwell many, many, many eons ago. You know, God said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, okay? and But then there came a falling away. And what God, what Jesus Christ is doing, what God is doing through Jesus Christ, is he is bringing his creation back home. And that's what he wants us to understand. And he wants to restore the power and the authority 
and the love and the joy and the security in our hearts right now. But he just needs a people that will come up here in their, in their consciousness and get a hold of the Lord, and, and God will go ahead and fill you with this spirit of wisdom. That's his will for your life. And when we pray according to his will, the Bible says we know that we have the request that we've put before him because it is God's will for you to walk in wisdom. And he works all things out after the counsel Amen. of his will. What a, what a treasure chest of wonderful things he's allowed us to have. We can dip into that treasure anytime we want. It's available to us. You know, we are heirs to the kingdom. The kingdom is within, and we are co-heirs with Jesus to that kingdom. Mm-hmm. And if we just could, you know, I'm like, it opens up to me each and every day, and it's just uh, it's just never ending, Jim. It just never ends. It just gets greater and better, and every day. Mm-hmm. Amen. And in talking about the spirit of wisdom, I just like this scripture in James three seventeen. It says, "But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable." gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Man, would anybody turn that down? That is just filled with nothing but good things. But there's a little kind of a warning that comes after that. Uh, in verse 14, I should say, but if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be arrogant, and as a result, be in defiance of the truth. This superficial wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, secular, natural, unspiritual, and wow, Jim, even demonic. Wow, that, that's, that's something that we're seeing a lot of out there. There's a lot of what this scripture calls, um, you know, man-made wisdom, I guess you could call it. Or demonic. It's demonic. Yeah. It is demonic. Yeah, it's from the dark side. Defiance of the truth. I mean, are we seeing that like crazy out there now? I mean, it's just unbelievable what uh, the society has come brought itself to be. Read the first um, part of that verse again, if you don't mind, Rich. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Do not be arrogant. Okay. Anything else? And as a result, be in defiance of the truth. So basically, if you're going to operate in those things, you're in defiance of the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're in defiance of Jesus. Mm -hmm. This superficial, that's what I wanted to say. There's a lot of superficial wisdom out there. You and mean you superficial have to distinguish, people? Pardon? Superficial people? Well. We're preaching to the choir. We're yeah. not coming down on anybody. No. I mean, we're looking in the mirror ourselves, okay? It's but it, it, the Bible clearly says that this superficial or this fake wisdom or this man-made wisdom is not that which comes down from above, mm-hmm. but is earthly 
natural, unspiritual, secular, and even demonic. You know, Rich, one of the things that the Lord's been talking to me about, and I've been spending a lot of hours with the Lord, especially at night and the wee hours of the night and all that, is this time for the rubber to hit the road? Uh, sure seems that way. It, it, it is time for rubber to hit the road. I mean, you know, there's a lot of end-time eschatology. Uh, some of some it, of it's nonsense. It is, but but we can sense that change is in the wind. I mean, you can you know you can just look out into the world and you can see all the wars, the rumors of wars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And what God is trying to do now is He's trying to bring His people to a place where they really start looking at themselves. I mean, you know, if you've been going to church for 20 years, 25 years, and you still get angry real quick, you're still backbiting against your brother and your sister. It's time that we start taking a good look at ourselves. I mean, this is a loving Lord that's talking to us right now. This is not a judgmental, wrathful God. He's trying to keep us from the wrath to come, okay? So the Lord's really been talking to me about someone, you know, when you read those scriptures and it talks about the bad fruit that comes from the dark, dark side, if you have any of that in you, then you're going to have to come to me for wisdom, and I will go ahead and I will judge, I will show you the right way of how to stop being judgmental or critical. And frankly, I, you know, like I said, I'm, talking, I'm preaching to the choir right now, okay? I'm not preaching to anybody out there but me. But I just really sense that the Lord is saying, blow a trumpet in Zion. If you, wanna, if you have to hear a verse out of the Scriptures, blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. And God is saying, let's get it together, church, because he's got a glory. The glory of God's going to hit this earth here real soon, and it's going to come through you and I. But it's not going to come through you and I if we still are plagued or yielding to all these dark spirits. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and Jesus said it very clearly in Matthew ten sixteen. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Man, that, that, that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. It says, Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, I always had a little issue, wise as serpents. I mean, you think of the serpent as the, in the garden that deceived Eve and all that, and Adam. And, um, but that, I looked up that word serpents, and it, it's, uh, the serpent was an emblem of cunning and wisdom. So that's what Jesus was saying there. Be wise as serpents. Be wise as, as the ancients, with the ancients, it says here. That's the reason why you see the serpent on medical shields. Yeah. Well, you know? wasn't the serpent lifted up yeah, with right. Moses, Moses and they, did, yeah. they were healed? Yes, they were. Well, the serpent represents Jesus. Well, yeah, yeah. In that no. in that regard, yeah, right. it does. Right. He put the serpent. The, because the Jesus says, if I be lifted up. Right. I will draw all men to me. Right. Again, though, what, what we're talking about here are words of wisdom. These things are coming forth with words of wisdom. A lot of times the carnal mind would say, well, you calling Jesus a serpent? No, we're not calling Jesus a serpent. But the serpent, the bad serpent, was hung on the cross and destroyed by yes. Christ. Uh, so, again, you know, we're talking about wisdom. And a lot of the things that Rich and I are talking about right now, they're going to have to be understood by the spirit of wisdom and not necessarily your carnal mind. Amen. Amen. Um, so, you know, we need to check ourselves and make sure that, um, 
you know, that we we're looking at the facts here, like I just read in, in James uh, 3.14. And, um, but, but wisdom is something that everybody should, should ask God for. I mean, I don't care where you are in your walk with the Lord. Every day you should ask for wisdom because he said it's okay to. Well, he's made wisdom unto us already, yes. Rich. He's, he's clear on that. Wisdom and righteousness, all he wants us to do is just receive it by his grace. Yes, yes. Well, you know, to each man, to each person on earth, he's given a measure of faith. Well, <laughs> with that faith comes wisdom. Mm-hmm. He just wants our wisdom to be increased mm-hmm. so that we, you know, make the right decisions and choices and whatever. Because life is filled with choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, almost one of, it's 1230 in the afternoon and you look back. From the time you woke up, there were choices you've made, even today, even if you didn't go to work or anything else. You got up out of bed. That was a choice. And so, you know, he wants us to make the right choices. When I think of wisdom, though, also, Jim, it's it's Solomon. You know, God told Solomon he could basically have anything he wanted. Wow. Mm, yeah. Solomon was wise, wasn't he? Because why, what, why does the first thought come into my mind? Indian Hill, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Carnal Man, yeah, yeah. big mansion yeah. on a hill right. with a bunch of <laughs> sports cars, Rolls Royces, and Bentleys, and right. Lamborghinis. No, no, no. Solomon said, and you all know the rest of the story. But Solomon said, "Lord, I want to have wisdom." I mean, in so many words. In 1 Kings 4.29, it says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and wisdom. So what what came with that? Riches. He didn't ask for it, but it came along. And the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his heart. You know, God's not a respecter of persons. I mean, if you've been listening today, you know that all you have to do is ask. Solomon said, that's what I want. Yeah, you know that one part of the verse Rich said Solomon asked for wisdom so he could lead the people of God. Yep. In other words, he didn't have any greedy motive. No. Uh-uh. He he wanted to be he had the spirit of a servant. You know, God give me wisdom so I can serve your people. Uh, so I can bring your people out of the wilderness, so I can bring them victory, so I can protect them from the enemies that are trying to destroy Israel and the Jewish nation. And uh, so that's what God saw in Solomon's heart was he wanted wisdom not for his own personal gain or his own personal good, but to be a servant and to serve the Lord and, and to lead and guide his people. And as a result of that, he became the wealthiest man on the planet Earth. And frankly, I understand that he's even wealthier than the men that are on the planet today. When uh, there's been some talk about the gold and the silver and so on and so forth that Solomon had, which far exceeds even what Jeff Bezos and these men have in their billions of dollars. He was the wealthiest man. Well, back then, I think his, I think silver for him was like 
rocks. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. no big deal, and even yeah. gold wasn't. I mean, he he was not motivated by riches. Mm-mm. He was motivated by God to do what God wanted him to do, and that's you know that was his motivation. And yeah, did he get off track a little bit? Yeah, we all have. <laughs> You know, and we can't be too hard on Solomon or his dad, David, or anybody, you know. Jim, I like uh, Ephesians 1, 17 and 19. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. It doesn't say spirit of of uh, wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of making money or I'm sure that could be an offshoot of a big kingdom. Yeah. My own of my own kingdom. Right. No, it says in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Where's his glory at? It's in the saints. Yeah. The riches of his wisdom and glory in the saints. It says nothing will be compared to any of the trials and tribulations. Anything you're going through right now will be nothing compared to the glory which is being revealed in, in you now. That's right. Right now. Yeah. Not bro. not in the sweet by and by, but right now. Right. And that's always been our our encouragement to you is to enjoy what God has given you here and now on this earth. Yeah, you gotta hear that by the Spirit that when you say now, Rich, it's just like the scriptures in Hebrews where Paul says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. He didn't say tomorrow's faith or the faith you got yesterday. He said now faith. God wants us walking in the now. He wants us walking in, I don't know how, how well-versed you are in some matters, but basically what God is saying, I, I don't want you walking in Kronos time anymore. I want you walking in Kairos. Mm-hmm. Kairos time is, is God's time in the heavenly realm. And God's calling us up. You know, my walk some years ago to obtain this wisdom came from a simple prayer that God gave me decades ago to pray. And the prayer was this, Lord, take me into the heavenlies so I can see this new kingdom day that's now dawning in me. So God is saying, come up into the heavenlies, come out of the earth realm. Well, how do we come up into the heavenlies? The heavens are inside of you. The kingdom of God is inside of you. All you have to do is just get quiet and be still and know that I am God. Rich and I had this conversation on the way down here this morning. How am I going to know God? You know, we've heard so much about him, but do we know him? He said, if you get quiet and still, you will know me. But You know, there's a people on the earth today that's ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth, and the truth is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. So we've got to come up into the heavenlies. We've got to become, dare I use the word, mystical people. I mean, I know that that scares a lot of folks when you talk about getting into the mystical realm of God. Give them your definition of mystical, Jim. Uh, I wish I could think of it right off the top of my head. (laughs) 
mystical to me is mystical walking is in the spiritual. Of, yeah, right. I mean, right. it's it's spiritual. I mean, right. uh, you know, you can call it mystical, you can call it spiritual, but the things here are temporary. Mm-hmm. The things above, the right. spiritual, the mystical, whatever eternal. you want to call it, are eternal. Right. This is temporary, folks. What yeah. you see here is temporary. You know, some call it a matrix. Some call it a simulation. Uh, it's not. It's not as real as what is coming for us. This. This is. I always say this is like a dress rehearsal for eternity. Uh, you know, you can call it all kinds of different things, but the bottom line is this is a, a, just a snap of the finger compared to eternity. And the more we can learn here and the more we can know God, hear his voice, and gain wisdom from him and all that, the better the hereafter is going to be for you. Yeah, it says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which enters into the hearts of man. But God has revealed those things unto us by his Spirit. So there's a lot of things that we it's possible there's a lot of things we think we know about God and we think we see. But God says these things have to be revealed to you by the Spirit. Um, The Lord gave me a poem here, Rich, if I go. It goes like this. Heaven... You know, Paul said he'd been to the third heaven. That's the reason why Paul was able to come and write two-thirds of the New Testament, because there was a tremendous amount of wisdom and revelation that was given to Paul as he went up into the heavenlies. Paul was the kind of guy that may not be received in a lot of churches today. because That's right. That's that's where I was going. (laughs) He was a very mystical man, and a lot of churches today would be terribly frightened of him. But the word that the Lord gave me, in uh, last year was heaven is a place beyond your time and space it can only be seen through your persistence and my divine grace and this can only happen as you focus on my face so keep asking and you'll receive keep seeking and you'll find because the entrance into heaven will only come through your renewed mind so keep on persistently knocking and in knocking you will find all the treasures of heaven as you partake of the wisdom and the knowledge of my mind. Beautiful. Awesome Jim. Poem. Yeah, it is. Jim, I did look up the word uh, mysticism, yeah. and it's an inspiring, inspiring, in other words, it's to inspire a sense of spiritual mystery. I mean, God wants to reveal his mysteries. He does. He really does. He wants you and every, every every single person listening, he wants to reveal his mysteries. Because what happens, it's like the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's being Jesus being revealed in us. His mysteries being revealed are all they're going to do is you're going to have a better understanding of who he is. But I thought that was uh, interesting. It's having a spiritual meaning or reality that is neither apparent to the senses nor obvious to the intelligence. Well, the main reason why the Lord Jesus Christ came in the first place was to reveal the Father. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Philip said, show us the Father. He said, Philip, have you been with me so long that you don't know who I am? I am. When you see me, you see the Father. So there was a visible manifestation of Jesus Christ, and he paid a very dear price to reveal the Father's unconditional love to this planet. 
He died to show the world God's love, for God so loved the world. Now, while he was here in the flesh and they could see him, there did come a day when he said, okay, you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you know the unconditional love. Now, I'm going to leave you guys, but I'm coming back. I'm not going to leave you orphans. And he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're out there listening to our voice right now, there is a power that you can ask the Lord to fill you with his Holy Spirit, baptize you in his Holy Spirit. You say, well, I would have got the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. You're saved. That's true. But there's another powerful gift that God will give you which can catapult or take you up into this mystical realm that we're talking about. Because the only way God's glory is going to be revealed in this earth, it's going to come through you. Father, I pray that thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And that earth is not the terra firma he's talking about. He's talking about you. You are the mind and the body of Christ. In the revealing of the sons of God. Amen. The world is waiting. One version says in Romans 8, 19, that people are standing on tiptoe. I mean, when you stand on tiptoe, you are anticipating something. If it's a knot in the fence where you can watch a baseball game and you have to stand on whatever, but the world is yearning and desiring for the sons of God to be revealed. And if you're listening to this program, you're probably right in there as one that will be revealed to the world, if you haven't already. In Ephesians three sixteen through 19, it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're talking about greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That inner man is the, is the holy of holies that was referred to in the temple. That Christ may dwell in our in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in the most important word other than Jesus in the Bible, and that is love. Same may, thing. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, they're synonymous. Yeah. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. There's that f- filling wow. again. There's that filling again. Wow. You know? That is awesome. That is, that is that's Ephesians three sixteen to 19. I'm going to read this out of um, Proverbs 2, Jim, and then uh, you can kind of close this out with some poems or any of your thoughts. Um. Proverbs 2, starting with verse 2, the title to this in the Bible is Searching for Wisdom. And it says, my child, this is, take this as God speaking to you today. My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, then pass it on to your sons and daughters. 
Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking it like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God, and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions. As you walk into your destiny, when wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you and understanding will protect you from making poor choices. Well, we have a father that just loves us. Yes, we do. Oh, my gosh. He loves you so much. And it's not about what you've done or didn't do or whatever. He loves you right where you are. You don't have to do anything to earn his love. He already loved you before your mom and dad knew each other. He loved you before before time. Yeah, he knew we were going to fall rich. That's the reason why it says Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. Yes. God already had a plan in motion already. He knew what you were going to do. Even Psalm 139 talks about all your works were written in my book before you even did them. So God's already out in front of you, okay? He's yep. behind you, alongside you, and out in front of you. Uh, I think the greatest stumbling block in the church today, and I've been in the church over 40 years, and I've been through a, a variety of them, but it's understanding and believing and trusting in the love of God. I think that, you know, Jesus was the only visible manifestation of the Father. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. Now, I know that he appeared in different forms and shapes in the Old Testament, but they never really saw him, meaning his nature, his personality, who he really was until Jesus walked this earth. And all Jesus did was he came to redeem, to lift up, to bless, to heal, to feed. I mean, that is the true nature of Father God. And I think the reason why we stumble in our walk with God is we have this double-minded thing about, well, like one, one guy said to me, well, I know God's love, but I don't think he likes me. <laughs> I had to laugh at that, but I think that's the way a lot of our brothers and sisters feel because they have this mixture, a lot of this mixture that's going on in the church today of law and grace. You know, on one hand, God's a gracious, loving God. He's here to save you. But on the other hand, if you slip and fall, you better watch out because he's up there with a big sword waiting to cut your head off, which is a lie from the pit of hell. But anyway, understand that God is love. That's what the Bible says. God is love. And embrace that and meditate on that. And the light and the glory of God will start breaking through in your heart that he truly is out to save you 
And that salvation is a complete salvation. It's not just to save you from hell, okay? A lot of people get saved because they hear this so-called gospel that accept Jesus and he'll save you out of hell. Uh, That's really not the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? The gospel of Jesus Christ is, you know, for God so loved the world that I gave my only begotten son. But you want me to close it with a poem that I got here? Okay, please. And to sum up everything that Brother Rich has been saying, here's a poem that the Lord gave me, and it goes like this. Sometimes it seems so difficult to understand the vastness of the Father's plan. But if you will get quiet and still, he will take you up on Mount Zion's hill, a place where only few have been, a place you can only find within. For you see, it truly is the Father's will to have you walk in peace and still. For only then can the world see the manifestation of the Father in thee. So be still and know that I am God in thee. And the world needs to see God. And the only way they're going to see him is through you, brother, through you, sister. Mm-hmm. we got to get this through our mind because it's time for the body of Christ to rise up in this, this, this world that's on fire right now with wars and so on and so forth. So, Amen. Amen. We, we just love you, and we thank you for sharing the time we spend with you, and um, just really appreciate you. And for those that are hanging in there with us, um, I truly, truly believe wonderful things are coming your way. It's, gonna, it's just going to get more exciting. I know the world says it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Hey, I believe it's going to get better and better and better because uh, that, uh, you know, it says in Isaiah that uh, darkness covers the earth, gross darkness covers the people, but arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has been risen upon you. Amen. Amen.